The following podcast contains spoilers for Highlander. You have been warned! Because there's only one. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Bunn, along with your host, Miguel, the only one, Magusto. There can only be one, Miguel Magusto. Mm. And somehow, Sean Connery is Egyptian. He is an Egyptian uh, from Spanish Spain. peacock. He's an Egyptian Spaniard. Go fucking figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you doing, Glenn? I'm living the dream, baby. You know why I'm so happy. I got to see you this week. Yes, you did. We got to see each other. We watched some movies. It was glorious. Mm. It's probably the best five hours I've ever spent in my whole life. I don't even need the rest of the time. I've got what I needed. I can move on. Yes, indeed. But uh, instead of moving on to the death, let's record this uh, here podcast, shall we? Mm -hmm. Uh, And why don't you start with what movies you watched last week? Well, this is going to be super, super easy because we watched them. Together. <laughs> oh, Glenn, I'm so, so disappointed. You, me too. But I got to see you. <laughs> you did. I'm not disappointed in that. Just disappointed in so how I'm going to let watched. you go ahead and plow through yours, and then we'll talk about the ones that we, we equally saw together. Okay. Uh, for me, the two that we watched were both rewatches, so, but mm-hmm. everything else was completely uh, first time. Well, actually, I also watched Batman. I'm saying that getting this out of the way because... I tend to forget them. I tend to tend to forget rewatches if I don't mm. get them out right away. Uh, but I watched Batman because I needed to watch Batman as a refresher, and you'll see why in about six movies. Uh, then I, I watched a total of ten movies, including Highlander. Okay. Uh, first watches thirteen if you include the the three rewatches. Uh, the first one I watched was The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which is about uh, protesters who were uh, unrightfully or unjustifiably put on trial uh, for treason and, and shit like that after that the a uh, new Netflix one, right? Yeah, with Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, mm-hmm. uh, 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 John Carroll Lynch, who's my my boy John Carroll Lynch. A uh, whole bunch of people in there. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's also in there. It's a if you really want to get angry because of injustices, watch that movie. But it's mm. it's really good. But it, it will make you angry from injustices and yeah. how fucked up that whole situation was. Uh, obviously, it's a movie, so it's probably not a hundred percent accurate. But it's it's told in a very uh, compelling way, and I don't doubt that the heart of it is truthful. Um, you know, with just minor changes. Yeah. Then I watched a film called In the Tall Grass with Patrick Wilson. And a bunch of no names. It is uh, based off a a Stephen King book, uh, horror movie about a bunch of people who get stuck in tall grass and they can't find their way out. And the tall grass is magical somehow. Oh. Um, it's okay. It's a it's a fine movie. Patrick Wilson is definitely the best part of it, that above and beyond. Is. Like so far above beyond everyone everyone else. Um, but yeah, it's a solid movie. You can check that on Netflix if you want to watch it. Then I watched War Games uh, from 1983 with Ali Sheedy and Matthew Broderick. Not in that order. Matthew Broderick's the star of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, if you don't know what War Games is about, uh, even I knew what War Games was about before I even watched it. So I'm not going to help you out there. But War Games, <laughs> I, I really <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a fun 80s movie, which I, I typically don't care for. 
um, 80s movies. Yeah. Just because cheesy. They are, but, uh, they are the cheese. They are the cheese. Then I watched a uh, Criterion Collection film, French film, called La Haine, mm-hmm. wh- uh, which is in, uh, French for hate or the hate specifically. Um, and it's uh, starring a young Vincent Castle. I actually watched it oh. the day that we watched one of our movies also starring Vincent Castle. That's kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's a really good movie. It's about these these three guys who kind of live in the projects, and uh, it's right after a night of riots uh, due to police brutality and just kind of the aftermath of all that, and it's really, really good. I highly suggest people check that out if they get a chance. I, I'm sure, among other film snobs, I am late to the party on this one because it mm. is, I mean, it's a Criterion Collection, so it's a classic uh, but it's incredible. I, I highly suggest it. Uh, then I watched Highlander. We'll get to that in a minute. Then I watched Batman Returns, which is why I rewatched Batman because I hadn't seen Batman in a while. Had never seen Batman Returns. Just one of those movies. I saw enough of it and just never watched the whole thing. It's the one with Danny DeVito and Christopher Walken, yeah, right? Yeah. Danny DeVito as Penguin and uh, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek, which for those of you, I don't know if Max Shrek is a character in the Batman universe. But I don't Max Shrek necessarily is, think so. Max Shrek is the name of the actor who played Nosferatu in the the silent film from the 20s. Um, I don't know if that was done on purpose, but I know Tim Burton takes a lot of his inspiration from German expressionist films of of the 20s. Mm -hmm. So I would not be surprised if that is 100% on purpose. Uh, If it's not a Batman universe thing, again, I I don't know, nor do I care enough to research. Uh, But yeah, I really liked Batman Returns. Uh, Honestly... It's up there for me, obviously completely different from The Dark Knight and yeah. tonally, but it's up there for me as as uh, one of the one of the best Batman movies out there. For sure. Um, which, you know, Batman, I like Jack Nicholson in it, but the rest of it's kind of bland. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's great, but the rest of it's, it's good. It's just not, it's not great. Oh, 100%. But then, but then uh, Batman Returns is legitimately a, a great film, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, then it, I watched. It's just the, the world building in those two films alone is yeah, just exactly, fantastic. Exactly. And, and a lot of the problems with Batman 1 is kind of establishing how things happen. Yeah. Um, which you kind of need to with the first film in a series. Then I watched a Albert Brooks movie called Modern Romance uh, from, the, from 1981. Uh, it's essentially about this guy who breaks up with his girlfriend and then realizes he shouldn't have broke up with her, tries to get her back. And it's just kind of back and forth and kind of pokes fun at the fact that people always like tend to go towards the people that they've already broken up with yeah. for whatever reason. It's it's a it's a f- like funny movie. It's I wouldn't say it's Albert Brooks's best. Granted, I've only seen one other Albert Brooks movie, but <laughs> it's it's the solid movie. But I, I was hoping for a little bit more after uh, I watched uh, Lost in America. Um, then I watched a movie with people from Monty Python, but not an actual Monty Python movie called Jabberwocky. Uh, it's about this peasant who somehow finds himself trying to hunt a monster that keeps killing people. <laughs> Called the Jabberwocky. It's really yeah. funny. Uh, surprisingly good fighting for uh, like goofy fighting, but still surprisingly good fighting for a comedy. Um, when did that so, come out? Nineteen seventy-seven. I okay. believe that was before Holy Grail. I'm yeah. Not in, Holy Grail was seventy-eight or seventy-nine. So it was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Holy Grail was seventy-five. So Holy Grail right. was before. 
Uh, but yes, it's a really, really fun movie. I enjoyed it. Then I watched a movie called Piercing, which is from the director whose name I'm forgetting, who did The Eyes of My Mother, uh, Nicholas uh, Pesci. Uh, not, I don't think he's related to Joe Pesci, but Nicholas yeah. Pesci, who directed The Eyes of My Mother, directed this film called Piercing, which is about this guy who's like a serial killer, and he goes to kill someone, but the the person he the woman he's trying to kill is a prostitute who's really into S and M, so kind of like a back and forth between dominance with that. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting. I I enjoyed it. It's, it's done in a really stylistic way, which I enjoyed. Um that kind of made it more light than it was, but it yeah. also gets really fucked up at times. Uh, that's on Netflix. If you, if anyone wants to check it out, then I watched a really fucking weird Polish movie about mermaids <laughs> called the lure, um, the lure, the lure, yeah. the, the lure. Um, yeah, it's about two like mermaids, a, like a fishing lure. <laughs> yeah. It beca- it's about two per- mermaids who, uh, become part of this like house band at a hotel or something at, mm-hmm. at this club. Um, Really weird, really powerful in some moments, but then just, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I know a lot of people go for this. It's a little too weird at times yeah. for me for me to fully be sold on it. But I, I, I did enjoy that. it for for a lot, uh, a lot of the the moments, uh, especially the ending. I'm not going to say anything about it, but the ending's really great. Um, but other than the two movies that we watched together on Saturday, that's all I watched. So okay. uh, you go on ahead, little buddy. Hey, so the, one of the movies that I watched, one of the only two, V for Vendetta. Yeah. With you. It was yeah. crazy. I haven't seen this movie since you, I think you recommended it. It was either you recommended it to me or like, I just was like, oh, I know this movie's got to be good. So It was probably it. me. If if you didn't see it before we met, it was probably me because yeah. I love that movie. And I hadn't seen it since like 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It was either that or it was one of the movies we did for the 365 movies in a year. I can't, whatever, it doesn't matter. I haven't seen yeah. it in a very long time. And uh, so it was nice to see this and re resituate my mind to it. And it was, oh my God, it's so, so it is good, really good, dude. Yeah, and, and with with my surround sound, I forgot how good the sound design was in it. It's, got it's just random rocks in the door. Design. Next thing you know, we're both turning right. So it's always <laughs> always a hilarious time. Exactly. And then uh, then the other one we saw was Black Swan, which was uh, my my pick for our second watch because I was like, I haven't ever seen Black Swan. I can go for some Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, let's do it, Papa Glenn. It was between that and The Fountain. And I know mm-hmm. you've seen The Fountain, so I said, okay, yeah. you can watch The Fountain another time. We'll... I got a whole tattoo from it. It was great. Exactly, yeah. But we watched uh, that. It was fantastical in every way. Uh, oh, yeah. And just happened to be a Natalie Portman night accidentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I didn't, um, I hadn't seen that since it was in theaters in 2010 or 11 mm-hmm. uh and i had forgotten just how good it was like i knew yeah. i was telling you this like i knew it was good i knew i enjoyed it but like i forgot how fucking crazy it got and yeah. how uh you know really well acted i mean natalie portman won the oscar for it so it was no yeah. surprise that it, she was good in it but i forgot just how good she was oh yeah uh, i forgot about like all the the mental anguish that she went through all the mind fuckery, if you will. I, 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 it's just, it's one of those movies that, like, I, I love. It's not a movie I can watch a lot, and I just kind of forgot how good it was. Yeah, and it de- definitely led us to both turn to each other and say, "We gotta watch Mother sometime soon again." Don't. Oh we? yeah, yeah. We we definitely gotta rewatch Mother at some point. So that's that's gonna be a fun trip after that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's all I watched besides Highlander. Uh, so there we go. I'm disappointed. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I spent uh, so, time with you. <laughs> so uh, uh, we fed you tacos and you didn't even pre- repay me. I didn't me. watch another movie or You anything. didn't watch another movie? How dare you? No, I'm kidding. Uh, what about news? You got any news for us this week? Uh, I do have one little piece of news. Um, this is it the is sad it? news I'm thinking of? Is there sad news again? Oh, wait, there is sad yeah. news. Oh, no. Well, now you get to deliver that. Okay, well, you go with your news first. Okay, well... <laughs> We've got uh, Johnny Depp's dismissal from the Fantastic Beast franchise marks a major career repercussion from the embattled actor. Um, so, I guess with all this shit going on with uh, him and Amber Heard, I think Warner Brothers just kind of either, I, I'll be honest, they didn't completely read it. I'm assuming yeah. with all that, they're kind of like getting him off to like not have any like, not liability, but like anything to do with all that. Yeah, um, they don't want it to affect their box office. Yeah, which, which is understandable. Which which the, is understandable and also mind blowing because of all the shit that you hear about uh, Amber Heard. They better do the same for her. Oh well, that's, that's with, the with fun Aquaman. part. Um, they didn't for the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah, she's apparently going to be in the Snyder cut. And without obviously, I I believe that their relationship was abusive, but I think it was abusive both ways. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, just from what I've read, obviously I, I don't know them personally. I, I haven't been with them during any of their spats or anything, mm-hmm. but there is just a line of, of stories and evidence before they even met that points to Amber Heard being emotionally abusive yeah, uh, and sometimes physically abusive. And then the two of them t- together just kind of spiraled out of control. And honestly, like, yes, absolutely get rid of Johnny Depp for Fantastic Beast, but you also gotta you you can't yeah, have it's the a double standard. Street there. You can't have the double standard. You got got to get rid of Amber Heard too, because um, because replacing her like that wouldn't be exactly the hardest thing to do. Yeah, I mean, and she's I, I didn't she's watch, not good either. Like yeah, at least Johnny Depp Aquaman, is good. So I can't I can't say, but yeah. uh, I mean the major piece of news here was that. Uh, he only did one scene of Fantastic or Fantastic Beasts, but because of his contract, they still have to pay him eight figures mm-hmm. for that one scene, and yeah. then they kick them off. So at least he gets like compensated in a really really good way. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not gonna help. With I mean, any a lot of, the... of that's gotta go to lawyers, honestly. Yeah. But like again, you just they just gotta they can't have the double standard. They gotta go both ways mm-hmm. and 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 get rid of her as well because they're both toxic people. Um, yeah. At least together they were toxic, and you you can't punish men when women when there's evidence that the woman was the same way, and, and um, a lot of it too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Again, not condoning Johnny Depp at all, but like men men are abused as well. It's not it's not just solely with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it obviously it leans heavily towards women, but it's not solely with women. And if we are truly going to be equal. We all need to be held responsible for our actions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all I've got to really say. The the news was really that they still had to pay him eight figures for yeah one yeah. scene, which I find kind of hilarious. But also at the yeah, same time, he's still they are both all still going through all that stuff. So yeah, that's how it goes. That's, that's what I've gotten. Now you can hit that sad button. The why sad don't you? button. So we watched a movie specifically with Sean Connery in it because he passed away last week. And uh, many of us are aware of the SNL skit, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, where I want to say it was Daryl Hannah. 
I don't know who the actual played uh, played uh, Sean yeah. Connery. Anyway, one of the members of one of the cast members of, members of SNL played Sean Connery, and uh, him and Alex Trebek in the skit had a back and forth. And, yeah, and him and Will Ferrell had a back and forth. Yeah, I so, fucked your and, mother, Trebek. <laughs> yes, and Trebek unfortunately has passed away this week uh, after a. Uh, I don't know if it's a long battle with cancer, but he he was battling pancreatic cancer. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately lost that battle. So uh, he will definitely be missed. Um, and yeah, he he was a a great host. Obviously, kept it for years. Seemed like a generally good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's the sad sad, sad news, news that we somehow deliver almost a lot this year. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only news we got going yeah. on right now. Anyway, so let's jump into Highlander. From another time comes a man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. A warrior of incredible strength. You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen 20 years. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. An immortal Scottish swordsman must confront the last of his immortal opponent. A murderously brutal barbarian who lusts for the fabled prize. Uh, it's directed by uh, Russell Mulcahy. Malca- oh my god, dude. Mulcahy? Mulcahy? Mulcahy. I think it's Mulcahy. Directed by Russell Mulcahy. Um, written by Gregory Winden. Also, screenplay was by him as well. Uh, stars Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Clancy Brown. Uh, who else we got in there? We got uh, uh, Betty Edne. Beatty Edney, Alan North, Beatty? Roxanne Hart, John Polito was in there for a hot minute. Uh, you got quite a quite a few people Ooh. in there. Um, very few that I recognize, but <laughs> there's yeah, so definitely I, people in there. So I mainly picked this because of a Sean Connery passing, and b mm-hmm. because it's it's like a cult classic. You hear a lot about it. You hear like the great performances and how Sean Connery was so just kind of in, in like killer just so charming in it and all that stuff like it was one of her his better roles and uh, so i wanted i wanted to give it a watch it was always one that was kind of like yeah i'll watch it at some point but then we uh we had the unfortunate uh passing of him and i was like well might, you know, might as well do it now Why yeah not? and now's a better time than uh the past the future i don't know yeah, so we uh, so we watched it <laughs> we watched it what what did you think since you picked this i'm gonna let you talk <laughs> first how do I how do I say this nicely? It was very theatrical, shall I say? Um, it was very theatrical. As, as felt in, like it, a soap opera. It felt like uh, more like just straight theater. Like a lot of yeah. it just felt like theater. Like very, very expressive uh, performances. Um, like they were on a stage and stuff like that. Um, mm. <laughs> it definitely, uh, especially between uh, Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. And uh, it's so weird seeing a, a, a baby-faced Clancy Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, and just knowing Mr. Krabs is the one, you know. <laughs> there can only be one, Mr. Krabs. He was uh, 20, 27 or 8 when they filmed that, mm-hmm. Clancy Brown. So he, he was definitely fresh-faced, baby-faced, baby-faced killer. Um, but, yeah, he, he was... Uh, in my opinion, he was the best part of it. Yeah. Uh, he was, I mean, definitely over the top. I'm not saying yeah, like it's, they, a, it's a, a good nuanced performance, but he was definitely the best part of it. They for sure, 
I don't know if it was script or they just kind of let them do whatever they wanted, uh, but they were definitely over the top with everything, mm-hmm. especially the lines delivered and stuff like that. A lot of um, foreshadowing about the heads getting cut off multiple times throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was the thing. Like, that's the only way they can kill these these beings, these immortals, uh, is by, I guess, chopping their head off, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of hilarious because in, in the movie, multiple times, they're like... Uh, Clancy Brown has a confrontation with this, uh, this, uh, this like hotel manager, and he's like, "Stop talking to me!" And then the guy's like, "I hope you get your head cut off." <laughs> just <laughs> come on, it was <laughs> just very on the nose. <laughs> I did not like this film, movie. It doesn't yeah. even deserve the word film at all. I really didn't like it, other than Clancy Brown and John Connery for a little bit, but it was just. It was just bad in my opinion. And it's just it's it was everything we I already mentioned earlier, I don't care for eighties movies. This mm. was the worst of everything about eighties movies thrown into one. Uh like <laughs> non nonsensical fant- uh, fantasy plot with uh stupid choreography for fighting that doesn't make sense like someone was like repositioning themselves by doing an infinite number of handsprings Mm -hmm. it's 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 uh, and it's not just this movie that does that it's a whole bunch of movies uh that just do things that don't make sense because they quote unquote look cool and maybe they look cool in the 80s but they don't look cool anymore they don't hold up there was was like one scene that i was like all right that's that's kind of cool it was like at, at the very end when like he was staying there he's like i don't remember what he said he said some neo shit like i am the one and then like he said all, there can only be one yeah and then all the glass behind him shattered all the windows yeah. that was pretty that cool. part I was, was like, cool okay. but like it's just it's just filled with such cheesy shit and and mm-hmm. just the worst of the 80s compiled into one movie yeah. with a terrible lead man in my opinion christopher lambert yeah. i don't know I, what else he's in but he, he was horrible was, he was raiding in mortal Kombat, which was always uh, my favorite character sense. in the Mortal Kombat series. And, mm-hmm. like, he... I've, I don't want to be harsh about it, but he's never... I've never actually liked him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, every time I look at him, I wish it was just Thomas Jane. Yeah, he did really, look a lot like Thomas Jane. Which I is really messed things. up, because I'm sorry um, if you're listening to this, Christopher Lambert, but... <laughs> um, uh, but, but the but thing yeah. is, like, I've I've actually liked to, uh, Thomas Jane and things before. I yeah. guess I'm going through his his uh, uh, Christopher Lambert's filmography right now. The only thing of his that I've seen that I like is Hail Caesar, and he's barely in that, mm-hmm. and he's, like so much so that I don't remember. But I'm trusting that he is in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see him very well as a good leading man. No. I'm definitely a good side guy. Uh, like He'd be Ray, a good character actor. He's not yeah. a good lead man. Yeah, um, like, like Raiden, like, I don't know, that's the only role I know him as, it's like Raiden, yeah. he was like a main character, but also somewhat of a side character, but like still there very prominently, mm-hmm. uh, and in this, it was like the same way, you're just feeling like, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and like just the character designs and everything, um, first off, I, I it's the 80s, I get that, but like, Sean Connery, even in the eighties, does not pass for Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Like they I mean, and they do not change his accent at all. To their defense, they didn't brown him up at yeah. least not not noticeably, like to the point where it was offensive. But he's obviously not. They gave him a little bit of eye uh, mascara, or eyeliner, yeah. or whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's essentially all they did to make him like a Spaniard Egyptian man, and then his uh, costume as well, and. 
yeah, he didn't change his accent, which he never does. I mean, that's no, just the doesn't. accent he always had. Um, but it's just the character designs were terrible. Fucking Clancy Brown at some point just has safety pins holding his neck in place, <laughs> which was funny. Like, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it for being funny. Yeah. But it, it's just, it, it was distracting. It didn't feel like a, a complete world. It felt like a whole bunch of worlds. And maybe that was the idea because they are from a bunch of different times and places. But it legitimately just felt like a bunch of different worlds colliding, mm-hmm. at, but not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was it reminded me of that uh, Queen's Guard or King's Guard movie that we watched with Charlize Theron. Um, I didn't watch that. You, we, old Guard. Uh, old Guard. What I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I didn't watch that. <laughs> um, where like there's a bunch of immortal beings and like they're the last of their kind and stuff like that. It reminded me a lot of that, but I mean, obviously that was a brand new movie. It, it definitely did a lot better things. I don't, what I'm under trying to understand, my brain's kind of fried today, so I'm sorry. Um, it's all good. I'm wondering if he's the last one of his kind here, how is, how are their sequels? You know? <laughs> I was thinking that same thing and we'd have to probably watch them to understand, but I don't. But I, yeah, I don't want to watch them either. Hey, they yeah. don't have Sean Connery. Well, I don't think they do. And B, they don't have Mad Max uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah. So what's the point? If if they do have Sean Connery or Clancy Brown, you know, they both died in very brutal ways. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if that were the case. Um, but I think the best part for me for this film is when they were obviously shooting in Scotland, it was breathtaking, like the mountains yeah. of Scotland. But that has nothing to do with the movie more, so they just picked a really cool place to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's... I understand my bias towards the 80s is probably the main reason why I hated this. But like I, I just really don't like that aesthetic, the whole cheesy fantasy film with nonsensical terrible acting yeah. and i mean just... they could have made it better though like i mean they definitely could have made it not, better not not saying that they made it bad on purpose or anything they could have yeah they could have worked around the fact that's like sean connery was fully giving a scottish accent and you know made him scottish mm-hmm. you know the fact that they were in scotland so <laughs> Yeah. Why not go for that? Why does but he have to may- be Spanish? Why does he have Egyptian to be a Spanish. Spanish Egyptian man? Yeah. Um, Christopher Lambert could have been taken out, honestly. Um, I think the only way this movie would have been sal- well, not the only way, a great way for this movie to have been salvaged is if Peter Jackson directed it. Uh, I don't yeah. know if he was on the circuit back then. Yeah. But I feel like this is a movie that he back then in the late '80s, early '90s would have done a great. Yeah. Uh, justice to. I will um, say that one, one thing was like the, they did a lot of practical effects. Like that was cool. Like they mm-hmm. did that. Like most films, you know, they go for special effects a lot. But they, they did a lot of practical effects. And I mean, for the most part, they were fine. You could tell they were practical, though. Yeah. Um, you at least, uh, at least Clancy say they tried. Brown's bald head in the end was obviously <laughs> fake. Yeah. Like there was a lot of stuff that for what is obviously either a high budget movie or they called in a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of small stuff like a bald cap that looks yeah. awful. Well, the budget for this was 16 million which I'm going to do uh some quick googling yeah. to see what the inflation was. You got to think where most of that money probably went. 
think of the soundtrack. Yeah, they had Queen. They had Queen do the soundtrack. I forgot that that was a. Uh, Which I mean, another, it was a good soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, yeah I love Queen, but I don't think it fit though. It, it, <laughs> it definitely made it cheesy. Or yeah, I mean, all the songs from the soundtrack itself were were great. I mean, Queen's obviously gonna kill it, but like all their soundtrack was was just straight up Queen, basically. So like it. It's pretty pretty rough and definitely made it a little cheesier. Like you mm-hmm. sit there and fully expect uh <clears throat> but we are the champions right at the end as soon as he cuts Who off his head. To live <laughs> so the budget today would have been like this is still, I guess, mid-level budget. Uh it would have been thirty-eight million instead of mm-hmm. sixteen million. Um so while that is I guess back then that was pretty high because we didn't really have like over a hundred million dollar budgets until probably the mid early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was really unheard of. And then as soon as avatar happened, studios were just like, Oh, we got to throw at least a quarter billion dollars towards everything. Uh, I don't know what that voice was, but that's what you got. Um, but back then like 16 million not high, not low, somewhere, somewhere in a nice somewhere sweet there. spot. Um, and it's just, especially with a bald cap, a bald cap is the easiest thing you could do Ooh, yeah. when, when you're a professional makeup artist and it just looks horrible. And I don't blame Clancy Brown a bit. He's the no. saving grace of this film. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot that could have saved this movie. I see why. It's a cult classic. Um, yeah, it's got the hokiness. It's got the. Uh, it's got the hokiness. It's got the. Uh, they definitely could have worked on the swordplay as another thing. Uh, it seems like they were just like, "Hey, go for it. Just act like you're fighting each other with the sword." I mean, mm-hmm. um, what's cool about the swordplay and like, or just movies in general now is that they will take the actors and they will put them in these classes. Be like, "Hey, just do your thing, baby," and they'll be like we're doing our thing baby and they learn they do the things and it all looks pretty practical in the movies now i mean they could have yeah. maybe done a class instead of just like standing in front of each other barely moving their hips just going ding ding mm-hmm. ding um the the soundtrack i mean they <laughs> the soundtrack definitely helps the hokiness i mean mm-hmm. any anybody who loves the 80s movies it, there's a sex scene in it People will definitely. I saw boobies. This is like the sixth film in a movie we saw. Like, film in a couple weeks. We saw boobies. Whose titties am I seeing? Uh, Whose titties am I seeing today? And I actually (laughs) was surprised that I was like, wow, I didn't see any boobies. And then boom, there's a section. Like, well, there's the titties that I'm seeing. Uh, As as like a cult classic, I understand why a lot of people love it. I'm not a part of that group, honestly. It was just very, very cheese. Not in a good way. Yeah, this to me is on par with Clash of the Titans where it's an 80s movie that for some reason is loved and I legitimately don't understand it. I I get you understand it. I personally yeah. Beyond the proud nature of Scottish people. I don't <laughs> see why anyone would like this. Uh Clancy Brown obviously is is good in that he's a good villain. The first time that our hero fucking Connor McLeod mm-hmm. the first time he gets stabbed he doesn't even try. He just lifts his sword up and holds it there for like five seconds, and then boom, I'm stabbed. He's yeah, like, of course you're going to get stabbed. Mm-hmm. No one wants to fight me. And then he just lets the guy stab him. It's like, well, no wonder no one wanted to fight <laughs> me. It's a boring-ass fight. And it's just, I, I yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the most impressive part, if I'm going to say anything about this, is the final battle at the end. 
completely over the top with all the slashing of metal and, and yeah. sparks and everything in the water. Completely over the top, but it was the most entertaining part of it for me um, beyond just Clancy Brown's performance. Yeah. And it, it's it'd just... Be, it'd be for sure cool to see a remake of this in, like, today. Like, yeah. Because, like, now you can show the strength of most of these guys, of how mm-hmm. strong Clancy Brown was supposed to be and stuff like that instead of just, like... A, what they did with no, the walls. No, he picks people up by a throat. Yeah, and like yeah. the walls when he smacks them with a sword, but when that he looks hits like Sean Connery styrofoam. with a, a, a fucking sword, it's just like a scratch. Yeah. What? Yeah, doesn't make any goddamn sense, but mm. uh, I guess that's the point for it to not to make sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really have anything too much to say. I really hated this. Yeah. Our judgment's probably not going to be no surprise, at least on my end. Oh, I think um, I already I already spilled out the beans. Yeah, so uh, should we just say it? Mm, might as well. Yeah, this does not make it onto the show. This is not the one. Oh. Oh, sorry. If there can only be one, there should only be one and not, <laughs> not three. I wish I wish that tagline or saying mattered towards... Actually, I don't yeah. know. Those, those movies might be good. This one's horrible, though. Uh, maybe in due time, if we get requests for this, maybe we'll see. But uh, till then... This is not the one and probably will remain not the one. Yes. Uh, as long as we don't see the rest. <laughs> yes. So Highlander does not make it onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs for this week. Glenjamin Bunn, since it mm. is your week, you go first. So I am a huge fan of Conan O'Brien. Always loved him. He was my favorite talk show host of all time, undeniably, and all that funny stuff. And Facebook and its algorithm have just completely bent me over and just shoved some Conan right up me, if you know what I'm saying. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so I constantly get these just interviews with people and Conan O'Brien and his like older stuff since obviously Corona's a thing and they can't really do what they used to do. So they they just show all the, the, old, the old ones, all the fun ones. Yeah. So like on YouTube, I was like, I'm going to watch all of them instead of this one one video a day thing. So I got top funniest Conan moments on YouTube by uh, Simplest Truth. Excuse me, Kramer. How dare you? I'm trying to conduct an investigation here. Hang up the hang up the phone. <laughs> but look at this beautiful view of downtown. Beautiful. F- look at this fake view. <laughs> that you idiots! You did the wrong thing. <laughs> It's it's like eleven minutes. I I actually watched like five different videos, but like this is the one with the most uh, most likes and everything on it, most views. His interviews are so funny. He's mm-hmm. so, such a comedic genius, and he's so humble about it. He's like, no, I don't think I'm funny at all. You guys do, and that's that's crazy to me. And, uh, yeah. This all these interviews here, they show the best moments of all of it. Yeah. So uh, that's on YouTube. You said that is on YouTube. So that is Glenn's pick. My pick this week. We're going to get a little stab at a giant here. Um, so I'm not sure how everyone feels about Disney. I am not in good standing with Disney at the moment. Uh, They're trying to buy out pretty much every studio they already have with Marvel, Fox, and a whole bunch of others. And uh, they are also moving towards primarily streaming, which once theaters do open is going to hurt them significantly. So Disney is really just fucking shit up, in my opinion, and I'm not a fan of that. So... 
we're going to plug a little video called How Disney Ruined Culture mm. on Wisecrack on YouTube. Uh, it kind of goes into the history of Disney and how their greediness and, and uh, their um, kind of abolishment. They, they kind of abolished the whole thing where things become public domain after so many years. So pr- pretty much nothing's ever going to become public domain anymore because of Disney. And that sucks for culture. Uh, oh, yeah. Public public domain is great for culture, but it goes into more about how them buying out pretty much everything and then changing it to, to fit the Disney mold is, is ruining yeah. things. So it's a it's a twenty minute long video, nineteen minutes fourteen seconds, but it's a it's a very compelling video. If you are being upset that I'm even bringing this up, watch it and just kind of see what Disney has done that has been bad for arts in general. Yeah, I'm not saying that I disliked it. I love the Disney parks. I like some of the stuff that they release, but their their corporate nature is really bad for art. Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch that because uh, Disney's really just been kind of not been good as of the last yeah. many years. I mean, Pixar's is doing good and all, but they're also like holding them back from what they can actually do and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, their 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 whole two sequels Star, for every Star new movie Wars and everything like that. Yeah. they're just holding. I can't even wait to see what Fox and the yeah and all that's gonna be like and and to kind of give a little uh buzzer words or whatever for people when martin scorsese talked about how marvel movies are not film or cinema they're amusement parks rides he's talking about the disney style of marvel movies where they're cookie cutter and don't really do anything yes they're fun Mm -hmm. to watch but they don't provide any substance that is what he's talking about and that is kind of what disney is all about so that is how disney ruined culture on wisecrack on youtube today i've got disney on my brain and not just because my nostalgic mom keeps sending me this photo and who can blame me they basically own or license everything i love and everything i hate And that's not to mention the new season of The Mandalorian because they own Star Wars. Also X-Men, that's right, they own the X-People. And just take a gander at the top grossing films last year and you'll be greeted by one name and one name only. See, from Endgame to Aladdin, from Frozen 2 to Toy Story 4, Disney made seven of the top 10 highest grossing films of 2019. Okay. So those are our plugs for this week. Uh, it is Netflix Roulette Week, so we are going to get into that. For everyone who is unaware, the way this works is I spin a very real physical wheel that then lands on a film that is on Netflix, and we spin it three times, and then we pick the one out of those three that we want to watch most. So without any further ado, I'm going to do the first real spin on the physical wheel that is definitely not a website called realgood.com. Uh, and I'm going to spin it now. That was a real sound effect. And this one is called Feminists. What were they oh. thinking? Interesting. 2018. So we're in the clear. 2018. On that. Yep. It is a Netflix documentary. documentary. Netflix documentary uh, directed long. by Johanna Demetrakis. Demetrakis or Demetrakis uh, is featuring because it's not it's a documentary lauren anderson phyllis chesler judy chicago and funmilola fagbamila uh and it is about feminists what were they thinking takes aim at our current culture revealing all too vividly the urgent need to continue change or for continued change excuse me uh so that is our first spin second spin coming up via it is from t- 2017. 
Uh, oh, or 2016 on IMDb, but on Netflix it's listed as 2017. Uh, it is directed by Akin Omotoso. Uh, looks like it's South African. Uh, it's a very long synopsis. We'll see. It is about three people board the train bound for Johannesburg. Strangers, each on their own mission with a simple task to complete and in search of family to help them. But when they are betrayed by the very people whose protection they sought, they find themselves trapped in the city, invisible and alone. I'm going to cut it off there because yeah, that is a good say, place to put it. Yeah, there's a whole paragraph and a half right there. Yep, so that is Via, a South African thriller, it looks like. Uh, spin number three. Vodka Diaries. Okay, Netflix. <laughs> it's from India. Uh, it is directed by Kushal Srivastava. Uh, written by Vabhav Bajpai, Manisha Kode, and two others. Uh, uh, I'm going to respect them and not try to butcher their name. Starring K.K. Menon, Rema Sen, Ma, uh, Ma- Mandira Betty, and Sharib Hashmi. It is about in the misty town of Manali, ACP. Ashwini Dixit attempts to solve a series of mysterious murders happening in a single night, which might be connected to the nightclub Vodka Diaries. Uh, that is two hours. Via is... Two hours. Two uh, Hour 55, two hours. And then Feminist, what are they thinking, is an hour and 26. Uh, um, I am personally leaning towards Via. Um... We haven't done an African film yet, so yeah, for sure, I'm leaning that as well. So yeah, that that it seems really compelling too. It's got the highest rating of seven point seven. Uh, I have seen one South African film before, not including District Nine because that speak English, but where they speak uh, uh, the native languages um, of South Africa. South Africa. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's check out a South African film if you're cool with that. All right. So we are going to watch Via. That is on Netflix. Let me just click watch now just to verify that it is indeed on there. Yes, it is on there. So Via on Netflix is our pick for next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, KeystoneFilmReview.com. On Instagram, Keystone underscore Film underscore Review. Twitter, Keystone underscore Film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch a South African thriller. Mm. Oh, it says drama. Who knows? Via con Dios. There can be only one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Bye.